0: Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Joe Lee. And me, Darren Reeves. It's Austin Grand Prix time. Yes, we're heading off to America um, for the first... No, it's not the first American race because we've been to Miami. Uh, we're, We're losing track. I mean, US is just starting to take over. We could end up with... Five, six races in the future, depending on the calendar. Um, but Austin Grand Prix, it's a huge, huge uh, track. It's a huge circuit. Nearly half a million people get over there to this. It's one of the busiest weekends on the F1 calendar. They've got tons of concerts. Billy Joel played an after-race concert over there before as well. Um, there's tons and tons of stuff going on. So if you're going to Austin Grand Prix, you're in for a treat. And well, Joe. Uh, this preview today is going to be very interesting. Do you you know who's playing this weekend?
1: Oh, I don't update. Tell me. Ah, so big update. So I got a text message. So my two big worlds at the moment in my life are F1 and Queen Mm. and Queen. Queen are playing at the race this weekend. And I've been, no inundate, I've been inundated with people at the race going, "Can you sort me tickets out? Can you sort me tickets out?" So, uh, so I I have sorted a few tickets out for F one people to go and watch Queen on Saturday.
0: Wow! Well, yeah. Who will be the champions? So that's the, the thing. <laughs> and um, Very good. yeah, um, well, that's the thing. Um, let we'll look at the the, the preview in a the minute. There's a lot of news though. I mean, like, yeah. well, yeah. I think big news that Daniel Ricciardo is back.
1: Ah, mate, I'm really, really pleased to see Daniel back in the car this weekend. But there's a sadness of me that we haven't got Liam Lawson. This is a great place to be in right now, mate
0: we love Liam he's done so well and he's really proven himself and you know I think a lot of people are thinking well Daniel you know might have to watch out for a seat and Yuki as well actually it, it turned out I thought but yeah. um no there's contracts and there's big bigger plans I'm sure for Liam and um he's proven that he's got a lot of potential so he's had a great little run and I think we'll see more of him but yeah Daniel hopefully he's healed his um his wrist wasn't it um that yeah he, uh, uh, that he broke. So um, hopefully he's fit. And hopefully it isn't like he's just going to put up with the pain like um, uh, Lance Stroll did when he did this, his hands in. But um, yeah, we hope to see something better. And we hope to see a bit of hunger. Let's see what Daniel can actually do on the track. For sure. Um, what do you think the strategy is most like uh, for this race?
1: Well, I think that if we look back at the previous races at Cota, it's been mainly a two-stop strategy. And uh, and I can't see if the, if the weather's going to be just normal, which I think it will be. In fact, it's actually mega hot out there right now. So they've yeah. all come from Qatar, where everybody's lost two stone in body weight, and uh, come to America, and it's hot there as well. So um, so I'm expecting it to be dry and sunny, which will lead. Basically, to pretty much everybody doing a two-stop race, unless somebody's trying to think outside the box. And the drivers who need to think outside the box, of course, there's there's Lewis trying to beat Sergio for second place. But Sergio's only scored five points in the last three races. And uh, and and Lewis, I think, is on form at the moment, 30 points behind, four races to go. Come on, Lewis. We all want to see him get second in the drivers' yeah. championship. Uh so for me, um, Obviously, Lewis is chasing something, but Perez has got to be doing something more as well. So He, might he be needs one to of those... do something.
0: He's in danger. Yeah. He's really in danger of losing his the seat. There's rumours of him announcing his retirement at the Mexican Grand Prix. I mean, uh, and Helmut Marcos has been made, making comments and things. It, you know, it's all getting a bit gossipy he, and a big whirlwind around him.
1: He had a great start to the season. You know, two wins each, two for Max, two for Perez. We go to Monaco. You know, this is a great championship in... What is arguably one of the best cars ever designed in Mm. Formula One history. We had the McLaren in the late 80s, but Adrian Newey's cars for Red Bull this century. This is the best one of all of them. Sergio Perez is making one of the best cars in Formula One history look average. And I'm sure it's confidence and belief. Uh, having the biggest gulf in teammates right now is Perez. I know we talked about strategy, but I think Sergio is the one who's got to do something different, whether it's a one stop or a three stop. We don't know, but it's not the safe one. You know, Um, I I think, I think Lewis and Russell will both do a similar strategy. They seem to be really close on the track at the moment and racing each other. And of course we saw it all come to a head on the first corner in Qatar where they took each other out. I think they're going to be similar. Um, And I think the Ferraris, they're so similar on pace at the moment with each other. I think they're going to be quite simple as well. But we all really want to see what McLaren are going to do, don't we? Because I think for the first time in Lando's Formula One history, and of which Lando gets to race his 100th Grand Prix this weekend, so does George Mm. Russell. They've got to that figure so quickly. And when you think back to back to the 70s where there are less races. So Jackie Stewart, three times world champion, didn't do 100 races. And you think, hold on, Lando's not done anything yet. (laughs) Or Russell, they've not started. And, uh, you know, and here we are. So so Formula One's massively different. But strategically, we need to see two or three go outside the box. And I think one of the McLaren drivers might just do that to try and beat Max. And, well, and i think Perez might do it
0: let's look at mclaren i mean um so yeah all teams are having upgrades as we know throughout the season and no car is the same from the start to the finish but mclaren they're are really i mean they've done such great work we know that the uh the comparison from start of the season which was a horror show um as i was there in bahrain and it was so disappointing it was gutting at stone last for both of them um yeah. but then. i mean they're changing the way they do things. They're changing, you know, um, uh, upgrades. They're also changing how they build the cars as well. What, what's the news on that?
1: So the news is Andreas Seidel, who's come in now as the team principal, has really changed everything right the way from the backroom staff to the, the direction they go with the cars. But the fantastic thing about this weekend is they are using recycled carbon fiber called V-carbon, and they're using it on the monocoque where the driver sits. The what? Um, the what? You heard it, Joe. You heard it. The monocoque. The, the monocoque.
0: Come the, the on, co- <laughs> come on. It's true. That's is what it is. No, it's, co- it's called the cockpit.
1: It's the cockpit for one driver to sit in, and it's called the mono cockpit. There you go.
0: The monocoque. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> there it fine. is. Fine. It's a family show normally, but okay, fine. It still uh, is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me about the carbon.
1: So basically, yeah, they, they're using recycled carbon from parts that they've used earlier in the car, whether it's uh, this season, previous seasons, but the sustainability and cost. Well, I don't know whether it's cost saving yet because of the infrastructure to be able to recycle. But the, How do you recycle the, carbon fibre? It's so
0: tough. I mean, they've got to melt it down, I guess, or I,
1: repurpose not it? Got a, I've not got a clue, but I'm sure there's going to be more and more of this and you know, whether there's sort of documentaries think, made I on do it, it over time. I, I think it's important that we are sustainable, you know, whether it's financially or whether it is um, mm. with with the parts of the car. You know, if we're throwing stuff away all the time, it, it, we know, we, we see it in everyday life now with just putting the recycling out once a fortnight and uh, and we've all got to do our bit. But with Formula One being so, so at the forefront of, of sport right now and the money spent in Formula One, a saving for me by putting a few bits of cardboard out, you know, is, is, uh, is, is my little bit. You know, it's like having an electric car. I've got the electric carport on the house now. Sadly, it was too expensive to run my electric car. So I've had to go back to diesel for the short term, which I'm gutted about. Yeah. But my little contribution is nothing in comparison to the percentages of Formula One. So you think the money that is spent in Formula One, that is made in Formula One, the business side of it—they, if they just do a little bit, it's massive in the big scheme of things. And other small changes.
0: Yeah, they'll have cumulative effects and then that builds and builds and, and, you know, then you end up with a big difference. I mean, they've been talking about, you know, the trailers they have uh, in Europe, you know, they bust them around and and they're talking about having more fixed paddocks, you know, um, for teams. You've seen it, especially in Middle East countries, they build purpose built buildings and team um, paddocks um for for the team so I think that could be the future for for most of them especially if we get more teams in a lot of these uh um circuits are going to have to be redeveloped because you can need to have you know 12 pit garages yeah and you're going to need all the team stuff as well and you can use those all year round so it has to work for uh, formula one motor Gp formula e um and other races and, and other uh, competitions and events and things so
1: well I, w- I was watching um one of the other formulas uh the other day and they had like 34 35 cars on track so all these circuits of just because formula one's only got 10 teams you know they've got to work for all all the different teams you know and mm. and formulas so uh but um i i think when we're talking about money and sustainability and and what those percentages of Formula One are, you know, it it leads me, it sort of leads nicely into Joe that there's some news come out today about the fines that Formula One drivers can receive, penalty fines, right. because the FIA have now increased the largest possible fine that race stewards can give from two hundred and fifty thousand euros to a million euros. Now that is massive, massive percentage increase.
0: Is that because of Hamilton walking across the track?
1: So I, th- I think it's, it's all come from that. Although when, when Verstappen decided to drive over the top of Hamilton in Monza 2021, uh, he walked across the track but didn't get a fine. So there's a little bit of inconsistency there. But it has raised questions. But they haven't looked at this fine for 12 years. Now, if we bring 12 years of world inflation into the equation, it's not 400%, is it? I don't I don't think. No. So this is a it's massive a increase.
0: Correct. It's a big deterrent for behavior. I mean, there's track limits and stuff, which has been so hot. It you know, we always say there's like two races you have to do. You have to do the car race, but then you've also got to do that dance around all the FIA rules and remember the rules and what happens when there's a safety car or virtual safety car or blue flags and all this stuff and then this happens but if this happens then this has to happen and not just the drivers the teams the strategy guys I mean it is a minefield it surely is I mean um uh, Red Bull had to check with the FIA to send Perez back out so he could do another lap and he served a penalty um but they had to check first I think they were going to just do it and they check first say well can we do it yes you can off you go um i know, I know kevin magnuson did talk about this fine and he said well you know it's all right for charles leclerc he can just you know give one of his watches away um as uh as signs nearly did uh in italy um but um that was nearly taken from him um but you know kevin magnuson's like well it would you know cripple the the other end of the field you know um and not all these drivers are multi multi-millionaires you know? um they're earning well don't get me wrong but they're not on you know like retire now money
1: no fines have to be relative to let's say an average driver's income and of course so so those lower ones whether they're has drivers or paid drivers even i don't know where sergeant is at on on that but um a million euros for a fine It just seems massively extreme. It is a deterrent, and we saw that Lewis got a fifty thousand euro fine for walking across the track, of which fifty percent is suspended in unless he so he doesn't do another infringement or something. So twenty five thousand euros. May I? I think that's much more sensible, even for the money that they earn. So what Lewis has said is, if we're going to be fined these, because if it's gone up four hundred percent, the chances are he would be now fined a, a, a. a hundred thousand euros i think that's what's going to happen is the percentage is going to increase on all the fines um that the money has to go to really great causes and not just be disappeared into the the, the pots well, that's of formula the thing. one
0: it's just going into the effort i mean i don't know yeah it's a difficult one because then you just get drivers going oh fine i'll walk across the track because uh it'll go to you know uh crisis or red cross yeah um I don't know if that quite works in in real life. It's good to talk it out though and talk it through. Um, look, at the end of the day, the driver's have got enough on their plate. Uh, but I don't know. I just find the fi, FI is harassing. I I, I think every mon-
1: aspect of the I, sport. I think money is 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 so difficult to um to to uh, define. Okay, because a million pounds to you, a million euros, sorry, to you and me is a hell of a lot more money than a million euros to whether it's um, Leclerc or Verstappen or Hamilton or the lower drivers. But the thing that really gets them is points. Yes, I was about Uh, to say uh,
0: points. I was about to say the same thing. That's why I was doing that. Points. There you go. (laughs) That's what's going to make them stick to it, not money. Just like a driving license. You go out and get three points if you're speeding. Three point deduction. Correct. And then it's
1: it's equal for everybody and it's the same for you me anybody else you know let's you know whether it is points on their license joe or points in the championship you know suddenly if you know mm. you're going to lose five points in the championship but then again five points to alpha towery and and hass is not the same deduction as five points to red bull and mercedes
0: but then also if you do earn the points and you're a good boy a good racer you get the points you've got to pay. For the points that you get. Yep. (laughs) So Verstappen, I can't remember the exact figure, he got a whacking great big bill for last year for the points that he got. I mean, how does that work? I I think the teams pay it. but I I,
1: I don't understand that, Joe. I've not heard this. Come on,
0: tell me more. What's this? Am I being, I think, I'm not sure I'm not making it up. I think that every point that you get, you have to pay the FIA.
1: I think we should look into this more for another podcast, mate. I'm, I, I, I don't know about this. So let's
0: let's try a pause and then yeah. let's see if we come back to this episode. Yeah. Mannequin challenge over. Um, right. Uh, I took a little time to look this up and it's true. So the super license required to race in Formula One, it costs $11,000 um, plus $2,200 per point scored. So wow. Verstappen's fee for the 454 points he scored in 2022 would have totaled just over a million dollars simply wow. for the privilege of competing. Wow. So you get done if you win, you get done if you lose, you get done if you walk on the track. It's a, this is ridiculous. It's obscene. Or,
1: or it's just a great business model, mate. That's what it is. And <laughs> is, this, is this Bernie? <laughs> you know, Bernie at his best. Uh, it was worse. Always uh, is worse.
0: Or, yeah. or the other guy, Max Mosley. Yes, time,
1: um, mate. This is news. So, so we've both learned something new, mate, in this podcast today.
0: You've learned about the points, and I've learned about yep. monocoques.
1: Yeah. See, this is what we're here for, mate. We're here to for <laughs> the knowledge fountain of Formula One for all of us.
0: Points, points, and cocks. Like and subscribe.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's the, so, it's Joe.
0: The, it's the, yeah.
1: Let, let's move on from it. Let's talk about sprint racing. Let's talk about the sprints. I'm not so, much of a
0: sprinter, Darren. I'm I'm more along, you know. I'm lethal over short distances. It's true, like a hippo or a rhino. Um, but sprints, <laughs> I've never. I was never great at sports days. About this, what, what do you mean about sprint? Is it another sprint weekend already?
1: So, uh, Joe, we had a sprint race at Qatar uh, last last time out. We now have back to back sprint races here in Austin oh. as well. But not only that, Joe. We've got one at the next race in Brazil. Oh, hold on a minute. We've got Mexico in between. We haven't got uh, so so. We've got Mexico, which is a normal weekend. Then we've got Brazil, which is another sprint and final sprint race of the season. Uh, before we then uh, everybody ventures to Vegas and finally Abu Dhabi. So uh, yeah, so sprint race this weekend. So we've got qualifying, mate. Uh, Friday. Friday evening, UK time. It's a late one um, for the UK viewers. Uh, if you're in the Middle East, Joe, which I know you sometimes are, I think it's in the middle of the night, mate. So you know, uh, the
0: race is on, starting at eleven PM, right, um, on Sunday. So yeah, most likely. Um yeah. Because is it what? What time is it on locally at Kota,
1: mate? So because uh, being Austin, what are they? Six, seven hours behind UK. So, uh, uh, so I think it's lunchtime, normal, 2 two p.m. 1, 2, two or yeah. Two, 2 or 3, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it, this is the thing. And this is why, like, if you're in Australia or somewhere, in New Zealand, trying to catch these races, often, you know, the time difference just really sucks to watch it live. Yeah. Um, and being in the U.K. or Europe or Middle East, um, you can kind of get the tail. But sometimes they change it. I think Vegas is going to be in the morning for me. Right. 8 a.m. Um, okay middle of the night for you is it about three
1: i'm going to be honest with you i've not looked at it but my guess is they're doing a night race like singapore uh because it is just one of the most spectacular cities i've ever been to mate and can't wait Mm. to see a formula one car drive down uh the strip outside the bellagio fountains and uh so on you
0: can enjoy that at 6 a.m uk time
1: uh right just checked Uh, Uh, so like so so, like me yeah, like Japan, then basically. So that's that's like similar. Japan. Yeah.
0: So I will go to that, down to my local fan zone and have a nice uh, English breakfast at ten, and then you're going to be like getting up about five and bleary eyed <laughs> and again. So yeah, if you uh, w- basically everyone move to Dubai and then well, uh, jo- you to watch races and come. Joe, from- <laughs>
1: we I, th- I think Joe, we're going to be together watching that race. I think but I'm going to d- be. We are. With you. Yeah.
0: Yes, I did think about that. Yeah, yeah, we are. You come to Dubai, you're gonna do a gig, and um, we will. So I'll just uh, check on that here. Yeah, 19th November in the morning. So we will go to a fan zone together, and we will. Uh, we'll try and do a broadcast from there. Yes, that sounds pretty fun.
1: Let's try. That. I think it sounds. I think it sounds brilliant. So sounds back cool. to sprint. Back to sprint racing. So, uh, so yeah. So oh we've yeah. Got, <laughs> we've got qualifying uh, Friday, which is today for us this evening in the UK. Uh, and then s- sprint qualifying t- t- tomorrow, followed by the sprint race. And I think um, I- I've been, the jury's been out for me with these sprint weekends. You know, I I, I find it devalues qualifying. I think having two races devalues The race, I don't know. It just seems a bit disjointed, and I think the points available, the points available on it, are just a little token gesture. You don't go on the podium to receive your uh, little trophy or whatever, a little plaque or what it is. However, we got to see a new winner last time out with Mm. Oscar Piastri in the sprint race in Qatar. Incredible! And do you know what? It just shows you Max can be beaten, and. I think we've still got some more racing to happen. I I think Max has ridden his luck a few times. He's been so far out in the distance as well that nobody's challenging him. When he does come up behind people, they're like, well, you're not my race, mate. You know, it's, it's like the McLarens and Mercedes and Ferraris are racing each other and Aston Martins at times, you know, so they're just like, let him go. There's no point fighting him. It's just going to slow me down for five laps if I try and fend him off and defend. So, um... But I think there's there's plenty to look forward to, even though the championships are sewn up. I think we've I, th- I think the sprints are getting more and more interesting. So Qatar Sprint was, was a really good race, and I'm trying to remember where the previous sprint was, Joe. And without looking it up, I can't remember. But I know for definite, the last two sprint weekends have been my favourite two sprint weekends. So Belgium I'd like was to think just is Belgium was it? So back just before the summer break. So um, I my jury. That is out is starting to like the change of format. Um, But with these late times as well, Joe, in the UK, what you've got to remember is these Australian viewers and these uh, American viewers, you know, it's such a European based formula over the last 70, 73 years of his, his existence, that America have been It's been the middle of the night for most of them or too early in the morning or Mm. whatever. So it's only fair if this is a World Series, if I use the phrase, the American phrase, we've got to start sucking up some of this ourselves in Europe as well, you know? That's a good point.
0: Yeah, we need to do our fair share. It's true.
1: Correct, correct, and and have it spread around. And the fact that they've now got uh, essentially three races in America, uh, two of which are quite close together, you know, Austin and Las Vegas are not that far apart when it comes to American geography. But, you know, when you think how close uh, Zanvoort and Spa and Monza and Paul Ricard and Monaco and, and, and Silverstone, they're all in this little pocket of the world. And we are,
0: but... Uh, Sorry, go yeah, but they no. give a different flavor. I think that's the the the, the that's also that thing. It's not just the time zone. It's like it needs to have a different flavor each each one. You know, a different culture behind it, Agreed. And that's what makes it exciting. You know,
1: yeah, and there are a lot of different cultures in the in Europe compared to America. You know, you like I've travelled America quite a few times, and they are each state does have its own color, as it were. But because everybody speaks the same language it does soften that a little bit as well. Um, But, uh, mate, I love America. It's one of my favourite countries to go to. And I've got to say, I'm really jealous of my friends who are there either working in Formula One this weekend or I've got some friends that are spectating and then my friends in Queen as well, you know, that I'm in contact with all the time. Um, I'm, I've am i got to say, there's a lot of jealousy going out this weekend from me.
0: I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see uh, Brian May down the pit lane. I want to see him, uh, you know, checking out the cars. Maybe Roger would be down there. Is it up his street?
1: Well, Ro- Roger's really into his cars. So it's definitely a Roger thing more than a Brian thing. Uh, but also Tyler that plays percussion in Queen. You know, I've toured around the world with him four or five times over the last few years and uh i hope like i i th- i hope he he he's got the bug of it now cuz we'd be on tour and i'd be watching it on the tour bus or in the dressing rooms and uh i might have just annoyed him but ho- i'm hoping well, he'll get into it cuz of me.
0: Let's do a shout out to queen. Uh yeah. the formidable force, the uh, the most, one of the most awesome bands in the world. Uh so Brian Roger, all the band members, Tyler who i've met is a lovely guy. Um yeah, uh Queen, break a leg uh for your gig and we hope you get the Formula One bug and um you follow us on Race House as well. Maybe we'll get Roger on here one day and he can have a chat
1: about who knows, his, uh, mate. Uh, who knows? Next love. year could could be possible.
0: <laughs> talking of like celebs and things kind of getting involved. Um we did talk about Braun a long time ago. There there is the film we, we talked about um, in development. It's now coming out soon. And this is Keanu Reeves and Ross Braun talking about this incredible year where, you know, basically Ross Bourne took over this company. Uh, was it, what was it, Jaguar? Who did he take over?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to look back on it. I think it was Honda that he bought.
0: Yeah, maybe. So he bought that, and then literally that season, Jensen Button won the World Championships. Uh, uh, and, well, uh, incredible. And it's such an incredible story they're making this documentary movie. So Keanu Reeves is... um uh, uh, presenting that, probably producing as well. Um, I'm really, really interested to see the story. And he's caught up again with Jensen um, to talk through kind of how he felt and how the season was going. And certainly that Canadian Grand Prix, which was like, oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. It was an cr- amazing drive by Jensen. Um, and it you know, led to him becoming the, the world champion. So watch out for that. I, I can't remember what it's called, but um, it's about Braun and, and Jensen Button. Well, Um, man,
1: I can't wait wait for that. I can't wait for it. It's going to be be great. Um... And what we have to remember, Joe, is that team was then bought by Mercedes and is what has delivered these multiple world championships for Lewis. And without Braun... I don't know if any of that would have happened. It's just, it's amazing how yeah. these journeys move on from decision-making. Ross Braun yeah. has been a massive influence in in the the multiple world championships of um, Michael Schumacher as part of Ferrari. Then the multiple world championships that from the Braun GP that became Mercedes. And now obviously, you know, working for Liberty Media and, uh, you know, big involvement in Formula One. Well, he's retired now, has not he? Exactly yeah. that. You know, huge, huge person.
0: And he's a huge guy. I, I met him once <laughs> at Silverstone. He's a big guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, what an absolute ledge. I mean, like, there are figures in the sport. Uh, I think him, Adrian Newey, you know, like, these guys have been around for a long time, and they really know everything there is about this sport. So if you ever get a chance to brush past any of these people, like, I mean, Adrian Newey has a book called How to Build a Race Car. And um, I haven't read it myself, but I I know it is the definitive guide. basically, that everyone is the Bible for building an F1 car. Um, So, yeah, that's amazing. Um, Yeah, look, it's going to be a great weekend. I do like a sprint. I know what you mean about it devaluing um the race dilutes perhaps a little bit but you got I, I don't know i'm still not a fan of practice i know you need to have practice but I, I i love a little bit of a race if you're there a little bit of competition especially when you're there in the stands if, you, if you're home watching tv you're thinking oh. but when you're uh, there to see i'm, slight, all the races I'm slightly the rest slightly
1: it's I'm brilliant. slightly the other way. Actually, I think the sprint weekend is is more about the TV viewer to get people on TV. For me, um, the the practice the normal for structure for a weekend is two practices on a Friday for an hour, so FP one and FP two, and then on a Saturday FP three going into qualifying, ready for the Sunday race. Um, when I've been to Silverstone as a fan for many years with my boys, more recently. Uh, all the grandstands are open for free practice on a Friday. So if you've just bought a roaming ticket, you know, because even a roaming ticket is £300 for Silverstone, uh, You on the Friday, you can go into all the grandstands. Last year, it was a sprint weekend Silverstone. Oh, no, was it? No, was it 2021, sorry, was the sprint weekend straight after COVID. And um, because it was qualifying that day, you couldn't get in any of the grandstands unless you had a ticket. And I have to say from a getting my boys really into formula one to have that friday where you can watch the cars just go around when you're actually at the track mate you don't follow the race or the timings as much as watch what's in front of you so for me cool? the experience at the track was reduced for the for the fan okay but for the tv viewers nobody wants to watch free practice unless you're sat listening to karoon or uh, uh you know um and and, well, and the guys who are uh, us exactly but perhaps we should do that joe perhaps we should do an fp1 commentary oh yeah race please can we do
0: a live free practice <laughs> you can do that uh coming up soon live free practice with darren reeves
1: hilarious joe um but the but the my point is i i for me as a fan with my kids i was disappointed on the sprint friday that's interesting because yeah, yeah. yeah uh but as a tv viewer Mate, we've got more to watch. But I've got to be honest, it sort of messes my weekend up a bit because now it's like, I can't can't work anymore. There's so much Formula One to watch. Uh, I need to be in front of a TV.
0: Three-day yeah. week, work from <laughs> home, and then you got all weekend for Formula One. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going exactly. to certainly enjoy it here at Race House, and it's the Circuit of Americas. Check out Austin Grand Prix. Um, and it starts Friday with all of the build-up. You've got the sprint race and the race. Depending on your time zone, might be a late one. So yeah, anyway, Joe. we're going to sign up. Oh, okay. well, you I sound like to you're Wait, you I sound like
1: I, I, you're... <laughs> I, and I, and I've got to stop you. So listen, mate, before we sign off, and I know like right. if, if any of you listeners have started get making it all the way to the end of our podcasts, oh. this is where it all falls apart. And uh, but I've got to say, Joe, before we sign off, is F1 Academy is at Cota this weekend, which is the new female series headed by Susie Wolf.
0: Big shout and, out to uh, them.
1: Exactly. And there's some fantastic female drivers that uh, have come into this series. Some of them raced in the W Series. Uh, Jamie Chadwick, who won the W Series, uh, has gone on to IndyCar in America. Uh, But we've got Marta Garcia, who uh, could win the championship this weekend, Spanish driver, who I remember following down the pit lane, just the back of the pit lane in Spa when I was there in 2021. There was a massive pile up. Uh, on term one for the W Series. And I I just remember following her down uh, down the pit lane and just thinking, do you know what? These guys, these are absolute superheroes as well. And we need to know more about them. But W Series failed, sadly, due to finance. Now, when there is so much money in Formula One, and we're talking about million pound fines, why on earth is Formula One not funding this? So they are. So next season, F1 Academy, uh, all the races are going to be support races for Formula One and they are going to be televised on, uh, I believe, Sky Sports in the UK and various other things. This weekend, F1 Academy is being um, televised over, on over 100 different networks around the world. And, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's also two sisters that are racing in it, which I think is really interesting. Uh, so and I, I think one of them 17. So uh, who's come up through karting and uh, in my world. And, and and I'm fascinated. So next year, every Formula One team is sponsoring one of the cars of each team. So it has oh, the, great. so there'll be a Ferrari livery and a Mercedes, you know. So we are going to get to see these cars, which aren't Formula One cars, but they will be Formula One livery and paid by the each Formula One team.
0: That's a great okay. idea because it also boosts the equality of it it's not some other yep. series
1: correct i think it's got to be connected with it and at the end of the day what we all want to see from this is to see a female in formula 1 at some point in the next few years um but i've i want to put something out there joe today that i would love to see happen is i think these teams should be actually running the female formula and the male formula separate at the moment and paying for it and having their teams and why can't the constructors championship be combined how about that for an idea
0: it's interesting yeah i mean you think about the series look at formula e and and it has its own calendar you yeah. know um motor gp has its own calendar if it kind of follows formula one to an extent with, with plenty of circuits that it shares. Um, you could think well, F1 Academy could be its own series, standalone. So it's all out there on its own. But like women's football, it needs time to to get started. It, yeah. it needs that support, that boost, that lift. Um, I don't, I yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, is it a a true? Well, yeah, you're right though. It could be combined for the constructors because. They're constructors who construct things, who build cars, and that's what it's about. It's not about the drivers, but building the cars. And they're going to be building cars for, their, for the girls. So I don't think that's a crazy idea. Um, I think it could be a great idea. And why not? I mean, look, if some of these girls are... Well, if they haven't got the full F1 car experience, then you can't really... um compare track times and things like this properly no not, not the yet same, the same not,
1: control not yet you know but what they're saying is these cars uh the, the they're all the same cars. so wh- whoever's racing they're in the same um uh, same spec of car that you know that whatever rules are in that series and a lot of them have been saying that their target in f1 academy is to be able to get into formula 3 next year now obviously formula four formula three formula two and formula one is is the hierarchy of getting into formula one and you can as you see you know with uh, various other winners of formula two it's not a guaranteed entry into formula one uh you know a lot of the test drivers or third third drivers you know of, of one uh but you can't if you win formula two you can't race in that series again. And so it's it's a poison chalice for some drivers, really, to win it. Mm. But these, yeah. So I think what we're looking at is it's a comparison of Formula Four at the moment to get into Formula Three. But I think over time, there's no reason why this can't gradually happen, and this triangle brings in as many women as it does guys. You know, but uh, I I think it's fascinating. Correct.
0: Yeah, I was watching something yesterday about um, uh, Welcome to Wrexham, uh, the new series. Yes. They've got an episode on there, uh, about women's football. Yes, and it has grown and grown. And it used to be a laughing stock and it used to be nothing. And like you, you put the news on now, and it's like Arsenal have won the league, and you're like, What? Yeah, and it's like the women's team they've won it, or they win the FA Cup, or they're, you know, they're doing, they're doing um, Euros or something, and like England, they're doing incredibly well. Hold on a minute. Like, didn't the women won the Euros? Didn't they? Yes, the England women. It was unbelievable. Yep. The lionesses. Yeah. I mean, like, yep. so hold on a minute. It's now been taken really seriously, and sponsors are taking it seriously. And as we yes. know, that's what fuels this um yeah and that's what allows you to 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 build better cars faster cars yeah, you know, get more eyeballs on i think it's great it's been televised it hasn't been televised this year has it no um, this is the
1: first one
0: yeah so that, that's a strange thing for them not to do it but again they're probably just ironing things out to make sure it's broadcast ready i don't know um, we know that feeling we know that feeling but I, yeah. I would definitely watch that because for me it's about it's that blend between a human and the car and my one of my favorite ever drivers is Sabina Smith, um, who was on Top Gear. Mm-hmm. You know, she used to absolutely gun it around the Nürburgring. She did loads of cool stuff on Top Gear. Um, sadly, she's now passed away, but um, she was a fantastic driver. She competed. I mean, I, I've seen it in the carton. The amount of girls, young girls who were there yeah. at the carton that we went to, Forest Edge. I mean, like beating all the boys uh completely so no I, I think this is a really great opportunity i'm glad f1 has really taken stock of it and, and seen this opportunity you know wrexham have seen that and they want a piece of that pie um yeah. why not why alienate half of the population so we yes. are pro women here at Race House. we uh and we hope to have a, a female presenter at some point so if you're interested put in the comments and uh that's a great idea us.
1: joe great idea and that leads and before we sign off, Joe, that leads nicely on to the final point I will bring up. So Ryan Reynolds, not only co-owner with Rob McKelleny uh, at Wrexham, also co-owner at Alpine F One. And they mm. bought a stake as bought a stake in it earlier this year when we, you know, around the time of Silverstone, I think it was announced. Well, there's some more celebrities that have bought into Alpine this week that has been announced. So Rory McElroy. Golf right. World number two uh has 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 bought in and Anthony Joshua, boxing world champion. Uh, they've all bought in to part of this Ryan Reynolds stake of Alpine. Yeah,
0: there's a big consortium yeah. of, of guys that put this That's deal right. together. Okay, so, so what's the plan? I don't know. Social
1: media? <laughs> Is it all about social media? Is it all I don't know. Um, well, but they're it's all a getting involved one. in investing.
0: Why haven't they bought Williams? or Haas. It's very strange to me because Alpine is just rebranded Renault. And Renault is basically, I think 50%, maybe, uh, French government. So they're not short on money. Like, they don't care. Because it's government. It's basically government-funded races. So that's billions and billions, right? Uh, Really. But, you know, they don't really talk about it. But I don't understand this. Maybe the French government have sold their stake.
1: I'm not know. sure mate I'm not sure but Renault uh, you know we, we talk about constructors they are a um const- what's the word I'm looking for like Mercedes and Ferrari they they you know they are they build
0: uh, retail they build yeah cars yeah, for the yeah. street
1: yeah I can't think of the word now but uh, there is um, a word
0: yeah I know what you mean yeah, yeah
1: there is it's gone but don't worry about it it's, it's you know it's early in the, it's not early in the morning there's no excuse for any of us but uh, but th- th- they are and whereas Haas and Williams are private teams Really, and you know, and McLaren. So, um, they're road cars, uh, road cars. Yeah, I just think Renault seem to have lost interest in all this and trying to brand their supercar, which is Alpine. Really, it's it's lost its way. I think they've got two. Okay, drivers, Gasly is rebuilding his career at Alpine and doing really well uh, for that car uh, compared to when he was at Red Bull uh, with Max Verstappen. And he was just too young and too inexperienced. Albon rebuilding his career at Williams after being Max's teammate, you know, and we've talked about Perez. But just getting back to Alpine. um, they just lost their way really, but there's a lot of money there. And now we're we're getting celebrities involved with it, bringing their money in, you know, is it going to be taken over really? I don't know. We should, we should watch this space and see what happens. But uh, Jeremy
0: um, Clarkson uh, got a stake because Alpina down the road from Jeremy Clarkson. Um, and he said, if you get points this weekend, I'll bring you another beer. So he took his uh, famous Hawkstone Lager from the uh, Clarkson's Farm and, uh, and to go to Alpine. I think delivered it by tractor. Um, so he's <laughs> he's got a bit of a shine. He was at Bahrain this year and he, uh, Martin Brundle said, well, who do you support? He said, well, you, know, you can support them for that reason, a bit of them and a bit of them. But I'm sure Alpine's the nod. So maybe he's in there as well. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's yeah, a funny no. one. It's a, Look, next year, I guess they're cooking up what they're going to do with that. Next year, we're probably going to see a lot about Alpine on social media, especially if Ryan Reynolds gets involved with massive uh, marketing, there, which he runs. But, yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, I think I keep dreaming about buying Williams and turning it into Lee. And then people lynching me because <laughs> like, how how dare you change the name Williams? It's been mm. like that for years. And I'm like, well, okay, we'll call it Lee Williams for a few seasons. And then kind of that's well, it. Well, Joe, made, this, is, this,
1: isn't, this isn't stupid because, you know, I've got the driver ready to put in the team. So I've now just got to buy my team and call it Reeves Racing. And, okay, uh, so I mate, just
0: buy the team, you yeah. supply the driver, and then that's it. Easy. That's how it works. It's, it, mate, it's the stroll formula. It's so simple. <laughs> the straw recipe for disappointment. Yeah. Um, that's a good note to end on. Um, so we will be watching the austin Grand Prix with great intent this weekend. Um, let us know your comments. Uh, like, subscribe, comment if you want to feature in the podcast. If you have any shout outs as well, you know, um Queen did it, so why can't you? So please uh um get involved. Uh but for this time on Race House, it's uh, goodbye from me, Joe Lee.
1: And it's goodbye from me, Darren Reeves. Take care.